Thank you guys, uh, audio listeners, for tuning in. We're not asking for iTunes reviews. We're not no, we're not. That. But no. it worked out. It did work out. We got you guys a know what you did? Yeah. You know what you did? Yeah. You, you dropped some reviews on there. We'll read them out later on this week whenever we have our regularly scheduled program. Because this is a special episode and a special segment that we're going to do throughout the season. Yeah. The offsides trap. I said offsides. You blasphemous how, fool. How American of me. <laughs> No, the offside trap where we are, uh, as Kevin has so quaintly or no, adequately put it, uh, reaching across the aisle to other teams and very appropriate for this week where we are gearing up for the DC United clash up at Audi Field. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We sat down with RFK Refugees and Filibuster Podcast out of DC United, got their thoughts on the lineup, the matchup, and some of their things to do before the game and what their score predictions were. So. Yeah, just a lot of goofy shit too. It was it was fun. It was a it lot was of fun. fun. We uh we did do if you guys are of the visual variety, we did a hangout with the filibuster guys, Adam and Jason. You guys can find that youtube.com forward slash home before dark. The full uh full thing. No B in the number four, just home before dark on there. Uh you guys can watch that broadcast. It was fun as hell. We uh Rift with those guys, and then we just did an uh, audio interview with uh, Ted from RFK Refugees. Yeah, and if you liked it, be sure to stay tuned, because we got one planned for every single regular season game this season. Next week, we're going to be hanging out with Cincy Soccer Talk, leading up to the FC Cincinnati game. But first, we got to get this DC game. we got to get this win under our belts. Yeah. Well, we got the Champions League first. Oh, yeah. But yes, DC United. You're right. It's a trap! <laughs> Let's go! It's a trap. It's a trap. Welcome to the first episode of the Offside Trap. I am Tim, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley. Not alone tonight. Not alone. This is the Not very alone. first. Nobody's alone. Yeah. So this is uh, a little brainchild of Kevin's. Bring you guys a different perspective. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing us, just the two of us, talk week in, week out, especially whenever we're breaking down the matchups that are happening throughout the year. And without Dan here, I mean, we, we relied on him as such a crutch <laughs> for these matchups for so long. And, and well, with- I'm, I'm really doing this to call bullshit on Dan more than anything, because every every week he comes in here spouting off what he thinks is going to be the situation and all his analytics. And all I know is he's just pulling it from some website. So we want to go out there, boots on the ground, meet to talk to other supporters, get an idea about other supporter cultures, other teams, and and then get a perspective other than our own going into the matchups. So. Yeah, and our guest tonight is the first guest that we've had, Ted Meyer from RFK Refugees. Ted, thank you so much for taking time out of a what I'm sure is a busy uh, and relaxing Sunday night. Uh, not not so relaxing for me. I'm still in school, so I've been like doing homework like all day since uh, <laughs> since since you guys uh, until you guys right up until you guys called me. Jeez. So, so what are you going <laughs> to school for? Uh, I computer science. Um, I'm working IT, um, and so I've kind of made a career shift um, about a couple years ago. So um, I've been working on that and 
trying to almost going to be done in May. Thank goodness. And I'm tired of feeling like an old man in the classrooms of like 18 and 20 year olds. It's getting a little tiring. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, I don't miss I don't miss school at all. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Trust me, you, you don't. You don't. <laughs> Not at all. I'm about to be. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ten years in May, I'll be like I'll have been done with college and yeah. my undergrad. And I remember a couple of years ago, I was like, all right, I'm going to get my MBA. And I took the GMAT and then I was and then I got I got a raise and I was like, yeah, I don't think I need this. <laughs> like, I this isn't worth going back for. Um, no. So, you know, the you know, the struggle of juggling a job and a and a in school in this case and then a podcast and just uh, just trying to do it for the love of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Love, love, love the sport. Love, love my team, DC, and uh, love beating you guys, which we do on a regular basis. Okay. Yeah. All right. There, there it is. All right. There it is. This is supposed to be. <laughs> hey, Mister. This is supposed to be a friendly show. No. <laughs> no, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, at, out of the gates in the first, I don't know, you know, three, four months of the season in the first year that we were in. No one's going to lie and say that DC didn't own us our first season entirely. No, not, not at all. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like we we. We love trashing Orlando as much as their fans love trashing their field, but at this, <laughs> but at that point, or to the to that point, I mean, DC might legitimately be our our most heated and most competitive rival that we have at this point. The amount of times that we've played, I mean, the the reminiscent or the or the very familiar three one result either way, and then um, yeah, just heartbreak that first year. You guys just absolutely took it from us, but you guys also. Had a very similar year to us uh, from from our first year uh, last year. Whenever you guys had to deal with playing, where you guys went played at the DC Metroplex one time, and then playing at RFK for, or not not playing at RFK no, at all last it, year, but, but playing no. away games and then having that stacked schedule. Yeah, we had um, they played uh, I think all but two games um, on the road. Uh, one of which was at the Maryland Soccer Plex. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah. 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 It's like five, 5,000 people. And then they played at the, uh, Navy's, uh, football stadium. Um, uh, I think it was Navy. Yeah. I was in Annapolis. I know that much. Um, not ideal places, um, at all to, uh, to play, to play soccer games. And then we got, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, home games at RFK. They, you know, we signed this guy, Wayne Rooney. You might have heard of him. Uh, Who? and he, yeah, could exactly. you spell it? Hold on. Let me Google it. <laughs> I'm kind of new to this. Uh, I'm new to this soccer thing. Yeah, yeah, but uh, he he took us on a he took us on a run, and uh, along with uh, Acosta, and we uh, made the playoffs. And we, I was thinking a, a ten dollar bet I put on DC winning MLS Cup was looking pretty good. Um, that I told someone to put on when they went to Vegas, and um, and then uh, yeah, we ran into uh, Greg Berhalter and the crew, and that was the end of it. So I will say I'll give Tim credit with 19 games left to play in the season. He called you guys making the the run into playoffs. I did, and, yeah. I uh, mean, just the amount of talent that you guys had um, had and have. I mean, you guys have lost. I, I was kind of rolling my eyes when you were talking about Acosta and Rooney being really the crux of it because I. I have a really big soft spot Wait, in my heart for you, Melissa. Acosta's gone, right? Didn't he get picked up by PSG? <laughs> <laughs> but Yamil Assad was part of it. I mean, just looking at that lineup last year, I just I just found it hard with the, with the schedule to think that there was anybody in that you know five and six spot that was really. I mean, you guys almost challenged for the third spot at some point. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a chance that you yeah. guys could have gotten that. It was it was a hell of a season, though. I mean, you have to feel pretty good going into 2019, right? Um. Yeah. We, I, I'd say most mostly we are. Um, if you had talked to me before, before the Montreal my, game, before the Montreal <laughs> game, um, I I might have been a little bit more positive maybe than I am now. 
Um, the team brought back, of course, a lot of players that that were there last year, um, and they've pretty much. Um, Yumil Asad, who I know you guys is near to dear to y'all's hearts, uh, near to dear to us too in a season. Um, fortunately, they couldn't get the the terms between uh, DC and um, Velez Sarsfield, the the club he's at. They could not come to terms, as you all couldn't come to terms last year either. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we know that so, pain all too well. Yeah, but they, you know, they went in um, and they uh, and they got a guy, uh, a TT Mar- uh, uh, Rodriguez, uh, who. From all stretches, uh, they they actually scouted this guy when they were scouting Acosta. Um, they had actually scouted this guy, uh, scouted Rodriguez uh, when they were still at RFK before they signed Acosta. And they actually uh, quietly, there are people saying they actually have a higher opinion of him um, than they do Acosta and Assad. So oh. um, they they almost uh, almost did hope, hope what we hope is a straight swap. We hope we get just as much production out of Rodriguez as we do um, out of Assad. Another big signing that you guys had. I mean, I feel privileged that Atlanta United has become the DC United feeder team. Not only have you guys picked up Assad, but now you've got Chris McCann. Yeah, Chris McCann. Thank you all for paying five hundred thousand dollars worth of his salary, and we get him on a on a minimum on a on a seventy thousand minimum salary. You're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. I don't. I don't think that's. I really don't think that's going to fulfill his wife's lifestyle though i don't i don't she's gonna have to make some, she's gonna have to make some cutbacks you guys will find if you guys were not following gainer mccann before you guys will find it both hilarious um endearing and infuriating to follow her <laughs> as the season progresses and as your fans become uh, as our fans did i think a little ungrateful at times uh because we expected more based on his salary i don't know if you guys fans are going to be able to be able to cope with kind of the ups and downs. I, I imagine he's going to be more of a utility man for you guys. Like he was for us, um, you know, barring injuries, he's not going to see a whole lot of starts, right? Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, from what I, from what I've gathered when he was originally signed, I thought, Oh, he's a, you know, the piece for the center in the center defense. That's going to, you know, challenge brilliant, um, or maybe even burn bomb, but it looks like more, they see him as cover out left. Um, of course, uh, we've got, um, a lot of central midfielders, um, you know, Moreno being the starter, uh, Chris Durkin as well, the under 20. Um, but, uh, you know, those those two players in particular, they're going to be gone for part of the summer. Durkin's going to be at the U20 camp. He might even be sold in the summer. Um, he, he's kind of one of the guys I've, uh, that a lot of a lot of media I've seen have marked at a, and they have actually received offers for him. Um, so I think they looked at it as a cheap option. To plug plug in some gaps that will become sort of uh, down the season. I don't expect him to get many minutes, maybe a couple substitute appearances. Um, but as we get sort of the dog days of summer, players pick up injuries. Um, if Moreno um, gets called up by the, to the, I want to, I'm feeling bad right now. I can't remember which national team he actually. Yeah, Venezuela. For. Venezuela. Thank you. Um, so yeah, if he, call, he calls up to Venezuela, um, and then of course we all know Durkin's probably going to be gone for the U20 World Cup. And I'm sure DC will want him to go because a good performance there means probably his his uh, transfer fee will probably go up. Um, so they're definitely going to want him to to go there. Um, they're going to need some cover there, and and hopefully Chris McCann can cover that because um, they're they're going to need it when we get into the summer the the dog days of summer of MLS. Yeah, that was one of the main things that I really wanted to talk to you about. Is we know you know we talked about it on our show because we thought it was kind of a big deal that Luciano Acosta was. You know, PSG was trying to bring him in essentially as cover for Neymar's injury and then a lack of depth that they had for sending Tim Wea out, I, I, I would assume. And that deal obviously fell apart. So this is kind of a two-part question. First, 
Do you think that Luciano Costa is at all unsettled? I don't see him as that type of player that he's going to, you know, cause any friction in the locker room. And then the second part of that question is there's no doubt that they're going to be calling back or somebody's going to be coming back for him during the summer, along with, like you said, Chris Durkin, in all likelihood with the, with the success that we've seen with Tyler Adams going over to, to Leipzig. You would think that a, a relatively similar, you know, destroyer in the midfield is going to be making, you know, his way over to Europe. I mean, do you think that that um, kind of bottleneck in the midfield right now is, you know, leading into the potential sale of both of those players? Um, well, with with regards to uh, to Luciano Acosta, um, this was probably at, at, barring a new contract. This was probably the only. Um, Chance DC would have had to uh, had to sell him um, because he his he's he basically DC exercised his option for a year. Um, he will be with the team definitely through the end of the season. Um, and it, barring any type of new contract, um, if he reaches the summer and he hasn't agreed to a deal um, with DC, um, he can sign a pre contract somewhere else and leave in leave in January basically. Um, and basically DC would get nothing for him. Um, it's, it's very, very touchy right now with his contract situation. Um, and that's, that's really the only concern fans have for him. Um, I think what we've seen this preseason, um, he's had a goal. He's had a couple of assists. Um, he had a wonderful, wonderful ball. He played to Wayne Rooney, um, against Philly, um, on Wednesday. It was just an absolute, you know, just the type of stuff he's, he was doing all last year. Um, fan, I think most of us have zero concerns, uh, about how he's going to perform, I guess, on the field. Um, the real question, uh, this, this really this season is going to be, um, does he sign a new contract? Uh, the team has, a, uh, before the whole issue with PSG, um, according to, I think Pablo Maurer and, um, Stephen Goff and a lot of those guys, uh, the team was prepared to offer him a, you know, a four year deal worth, around $10 million, almost $2 million a year. Um, right now he's making, I think with his option exercise about $600,000 a year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it would have been a significant increase for him. Now, does he look at that situation and say, do I take the money now? And do I trust this team to then, if an offer, if a better, if I really blow it up this season, I mean, if I'm, you know, MVP or best 11 caliber, do I trust the team to then, sell me in in January should, should another offer like another team like PSG, um, come knocking. And that's really going to be the question. If, if he is, if he does not think that, then I think he stays, plays the best he can and goes on a pre-contract. Um, like just like Bill Hamid did a couple seasons ago. Um, so that, that's really going to be kind of sort of the off the field storyline this season. Um, I think I just saw a report that they're sitting down for contract talks in late March. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Durkin, I could easily see him going in the summer. I think the team is waiting for the U20. Once they get a, a nice offer, um, I think they're gonna, they're gonna let him go, especially I think if things are going south with, with, Acosta's uh, contract negotiations. If they can't lock him down to a deal and he's leaving, then they're going to want to look to maybe make up some of that and to, to sell a guy like Chris Durkin. So um, that's another kind of sort of smaller storyline to watch um, and really how much playing time he's going to be get because right now he's behind Moreno um, and, and Russell Canals in the depth chart. 
So you mentioned a little bit about the Montreal game and some of Acosta's play. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about the lineup. One of the other things we wanted to talk about with each and every week is sort of rising and falling. So much of the season is dictated by who's trending in the lineup, where players are week in and week out, and how they're trending or a lack thereof. So right now, looking ahead to the match, this will go out tomorrow, so it's really this weekend against DC United at home, or it would be on at audio field for you guys. Um, what player do you think puts DC in the best position to win? And who do you think is the greatest liability going into that game? Uh, I mean, it's kind of funny. It hasn't really, um, really changed much for DC. I mean, uh, this team is going to, this season is going to live and die by how well Lu- Luciano Acosta is playing. Um, Wayne Rooney is obviously very important. He's the big money guy. He's the striker. He can put the ball in the net. Um, but if there's no one who's able to give him the ball and be on that save lang- wavelength and to be able to connect with him, um, then th- things aren't going to get done. Um, so, I mean, Luciano Acosta is absolutely number one as far as who, who, who is going to make DC, uh, what, what they are. Um, they've still got a lot of talent on the wings. Um, right, right now, as far as biggest liability, um, it's center defense. Um, the team talked about signing a new center back. Um, and they still have not gone, gone through with that. They did pick up an international roster slot. Um, as soon as they did that, we all kind of thought, oh man, here, you know, maybe the signing's coming up. Um, but according to golf, they're kind of buying it. They're, they're, de- they're going to use it at some point. It's just a matter of when, whether it's this season, um, or the summer. And, uh, one of the, one of the biggest liabilities is, is Frederick Brilliant. Um, I'm sure you guys, you know, have played against him in some of the games against NYCFC. Um, he's a fine center back, um, but he certainly has, uh, some liabilities. Um, and he's certainly not a guy, uh, he's a guy, if you whip a couple of balls in there, um, he's going to miss one or two of them and, and your center forwards are going to get on it. Um, fortunately they, they've brought back Bill Hamid who can kind of cover some of those deficiencies. Um, but as we saw against, uh, Montreal, it, Bill, Bill can only do but so much. Um, so that, I mean, if you want, sorry, did, no, you're good. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's like all you're talking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, uh, Brilliant's definitely the, the biggest liability, um, as far as this team goes. Right on. So uh, now we get to the segment. We're both big gamers, and uh, in true Mortal Kombat fashion, we were still, we're titling the the closing arguments. Uh, Test your might. And so we had a couple questions we wanted to run by you. I think it's about five, and uh, ultimately ending with your score prediction. So Tim, you want to open it up? Yeah, with the first one. What was the uh, the first MLS game or first DC United game that you uh, you went to? What was that experience like? You know, I I had this discussion. Um, I had this discussion as to, to what my first game was, and the first game I, I I determined it was definitely against the Dallas Burn. It was a it was it was in the the late nineties. Um, I want to say it was ninety nine, um, and it was at RFK Stadium. Um, I was eight, seven, or eight at the time, um, so I don't have like a lot of really memories about the scoreline and, and a lot of things like that. But um, that was definitely uh, one of my first games uh, as far as DC is concerned. But um, I've been going to, I've been to so many games after that. They all start to run together at some point. Yeah. I think that's everybody except for Atlanta with such a, such little history. We can pretty much all remember our first game because it was just basically <laughs> two weeks ago. So, so uh, plastic. <laughs> so uh, everybody's got a rainy day team, as I like to call it. It doesn't have to necessarily be MLS, but whenever you're not watching DC, who's your go-to team, go-to sport? Who else are you following week in and week out? 
Are you talking about? Are you talking MLS? Or are you talking any sports? Any team? Who? If if you had to rank, so if DC is at the top of your list, who's second uh, as far as your sports fandom? Who do you have the merch and shirts and everything else that goes along with it? Well, I mean, it's probably. It, it's probably if we're looking here. I, I live in Richmond, um, so I actually I live pretty much outside of the outside of the DC, about a couple hours from DC. If you're familiar with Virginia, um, so you know we got the local team here, the Richmond Kickers, who um, were founded before DC United in '95 and have played long, long, longer here. Um, I have season tickets to those games. I go every week, um, so they're definitely uh, number two on the list. Um, and we'll be starting our, 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 uh, our page down, or we'll be starting our time down here in League One. Um, and then of course, I'm always a cap, uh, Washington Capitals fan. I've always been a big fan of hockey. So, um, while you guys, you guys were celebrating an MLS Cup last year, I was celebrating a Stanley Cup, which was, oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's gotta be nice. Yeah. Especially after what was it, 97 or 98, whenever they lost to the Red Wings. Yeah. 98 was the last time. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 Peter, the final. Yeah. The <laughs> so. Jim Carrey, Peter Bondra. Or, uh, yeah, that Adam Oates. Yeah. All yeah. those guys. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. In Richmond kickers, it makes me want to give a shout out to Daryl Grove from total soccer show yeah. who does the, uh, he does the play by play for them. If I'm not mistaken, who's, uh, yeah. I think had a successful surgery, uh, after being diagnosed with, uh, that stage four colon cancer. It looks like he's doing a lot better. And yeah. is, uh, so big shout out to that guy. Um, Got another one. So, what are your traditions going into home games? So, I'm going to piggyback on that as well. Okay. So, everybody's got their sort of lead up tailgate experience and stuff like that. I mean, I wasn't done talking, but it's fine. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to let you finish, but but let me say something. <laughs> RFK had the best stadium of all time. No, but along those lines, how's the experience changed going from RFK to Audi Field? It is uh, about as far removed from RFK um, as you can possibly get. Um, obviously, a big thing which I will forever miss about RFK Stadium is the the Lot 8 tailgate, um, the huge parking lot, the supporters groups cooking food, people doing pot lucks um i mean that that type of experience i like that you had that, that pause that, um, in between pot and luck people doing pot <laughs> lux <laughs> i i will not comment on that it's the nation's um, capital <laughs> yeah, exactly um but uh i mean just it, enormous amounts of fun um tons of fun and then of course you know we all had the march into the stadium um and everything like that um i mean pretty much with the way the stadium where the stadium is in dc uh, they've tried to do some of the uh, tailgating experience, uh, tailgate experience. Um, uh, one, I think one supporters group just does their, you know, basically pregame out in a bar, um, kind of English style. Um, another one found uh, there's like a nature reserve or something out near the stadium that they're able to do a, a tailgate at. And then another group does it like there's like an old parking lot that is uninhabited so they can just literally park there and, and do the tailgate. Um, but it's, it's not the same. It's very different. Um, so, you know, now I show up to the games, I walk into the games. Um, but one thing I say, I will say I love about Audi field. Um, and one thing I love is just, there's not a bad seat in that house. I, I don't care where you're sitting. If there, you could where you're sitting in that stadium. It's just absolutely a gorgeous view. Um, and I love to just walk into that stadium and just take it in because it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. 
um, to watch it and just the, how loud it is and everything like that. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic experience and, and it's something that I, I still really like. Um, as much as I miss RFK, um, I love, I, I've loved every game I've been to Audi Field so far. Yeah, that's awesome. And as much as we kind of buck against the notion of a soccer specific stadium, there is something to be said about the sight lines that are built in. And, uh, I mean, it's one thing that we get a lot of shit for in Atlanta is playing at Mercedes-Benz, uh, even though there was built somewhat with soccer in mind. They, we always knew, I think, going into it that the the MLS team was going to be there. But at the same time, that's w- probably the only drawback I can think of is the sight lines that some people have to deal with. Like my season tickets, I can't. They're behind the goal, um, but you can't see the ball going into the goal. So you have to kind of look up and look at the uh, the, the halo board. So. <laughs> and, and you guys don't have a papusa. You guys don't have a papusa stand, as far as I can tell. So no, we got those two dollar hot dogs. Though. Yeah, you got two. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can get out of that. You can get out of concession stand with hot dogs, fries, and an endless uh, Coke for six bucks. Or you just do like I do. I just go get a bucket and just go over to the condiment stand. Just make a little free salad with all the lettuce and salsa I can pile up. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe we'll have a benevolent billionaire that will entertain us. You can hope for it. Uh, I've got another one uh, before we get to the final one, which is every time I've tried to hype up this show and content this week, I've had to type in some combination of DCU, DC United. Um, and every time I type in DCU, it brings to mind one question, which is DC versus Marvel. And we actually had a group submission of a contest and discussion for you, which is Superman versus Wolverine. Who wins and what's your argument? Oh, I got to go with Wolverine, man. I think Superman's the easy call because he's supposed to be like you know, uh, a God basically. And now he, and he, no one can beat him. But, um, I mean, considering that Wolverine can heal himself and can just like take ultimate amounts of punishment. Uh, um, I think he can find, uh, find a way to, uh, to beat Superman. So I'm gonna go with Wolverine. I mean, I'm also was... a big, bigger fan of the X-Men movies than the Superman ones. So, Oh yeah, there's, there's no, well, the, the, the Matthew Vaughn, uh, X-Men movie. That's, <laughs> I mean, first class yeah. was just head and I mean, it was first class compared to the rest of those movies. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like Matt Weinecker said, I think it was him in in the Slack. He said, "Like you don't know what adamantium is going to do to Superman because it doesn't exist in that universe." So who knows? Exactly. That's true. Exactly. Could be another <laughs> kryptonite. So exactly. yeah, he can get, he can take the punishment long enough to go find kryptonite. Exactly. And go go exactly. lace his lace his claws with it. Yeah. Um, all right, we got one more question. What is your score prediction going into next Sunday's match? Well, considering you guys, I, I would probably be a little bit more worried, um, consi- uh, considering, uh, that Tata Martino is no longer coaching. So, you know, I'm pretty, I, we, we, you can guys can talk all you want about how you want an MLS cup and you want a new challenge with Mexico. Oh, we're going ben to. Ben Olsen <laughs> scared off Tata Martino. Let's be serious. Ben Olsen <laughs> scared off Tata Martino. That's the reason. I'm not listening to any other excuses. Um, but I mean, I think since you guys are coming off a, uh, you guys will be coming off your Champions League game on Thursday, I believe. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, Thursday night. Yeah. So you guys got to play at home, do the Champions League, and then you got to go all the way to DC. So I'm going to go with a, uh, a 3 1 victory oh, for DC. I think bold. we're going to run over. How appropriate. Bold. Yeah. 3 three one is very appropriate. Hey, for the match in Atlanta, is there any chance you guys are going to be making it down? Uh, me, probably not. Um, I don't know about John, but I don't think we'll be able to, to make it 
to make it down. Um, I'm trying to save money to buy a house soon. So I know, I know <laughs> that the, yeah. the wife would, the wife would not, uh, would not approve of such an expenditure. <laughs> Totally Well, that makes sense. But yeah, hopefully at, at some point we'll, we'll get up there. You guys get down here. We'll, uh, we'll host you guys down here. Show you guys a good time in the, uh, in the tailgate and, and magic city and magic city. <laughs> Go show you the tour that the trophy got. <laughs> I will admit that was by far the greatest thing about y'all winning the championship. <laughs> that we're having that, the trophy right there. And you have one of the masterminds behind it now on your team and Chris exactly. McCann. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we'll have to update him on the strip clubs when we win the championship, I guess, then. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, now's your time to get all your plugs and shout outs in. Where can the people find you at and uh, where can they hear you at? Yeah. So you can find us um, if you go, uh, it's uh, twitter.com at um, RFK Refugees uh, is where we're on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. You just search the RFK Refugees podcast. Um, you know, we're on uh, Stitcher. We're I'm oh, sorry, not Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Just search RFK Refugees Podcast. Feel free to give us a listen. We talk DC. We uh, we uh, we like to make it fun. And yeah, definitely check us out. Check us out. Thanks so much, man. This has been a lot of fun, and um, we'll have to talk some trash or tuck our tail between our legs next weekend. So looking forward <laughs> to it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Ted. Yep. So that was Ted from RFK Refugees, and then we sat down, as you will hear, with Jason and Adam of Filibuster. I got the notification, so... You got the notification? We're work. live? It's got to be working. We're live <laughs> with the second part two of the Offside Trap, where we are going in talking to other podcasters from DC United. Reaching across case, the aisle. Reaching across the aisle, how as it were. Yeah, how befitting. Talking to especially, people in our nation's capital. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't happen as much anymore. <laughs> we we have to be the example. It's it's what is it? Uh, be the change you want to see in people. When they go low, we go high. No, no, no. When they go high, we go low. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we stay low. That's, that's why there's an explicit tag next to every single episode of our podcast <laughs> exactly. on iTunes. I am Tim. Well, we've already gotten through that, but I am Tim, joined by Kevin yeah. across the uh, unimportant across the table from me. We're also being joined right now, graciously, by Adam and Jason from the Filibuster Podcast, uh, where they talk all things DC United. Uh, thank you guys for taking time out of your uh, your busy schedule on a weekend, especially. The end where I, I think all of us would rather be sleeping at this point going into Monday, right? Yeah. No, I'd rather be podcasting for sure. I don't even want to think about tomorrow. I have, Thanks I have absolutely horrible discipline. So I would be like, I should go to bed and then, you know, at like one thirty in the morning being like, I could watch one more episode of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it's only fitting having you guys on is to take a play from your book and ask what you're drinking. I like it. I, hey, anytime someone... You know, turns the table on us. I, I'm here for it. I, I've got, <laughs> I've got DC Brow, the public, uh, which is their flagship. DC Brow is the first uh, brewery to open up operations in DC after Prohibition, and it happened in the last ten years. Uh, they've actually partnered with DC United for a beer that may or may not be coming back uh, at some point this year, called the Tradition. Um, but the public is their their first brew, their flagship, and it's a uh, it's a very hoppy uh, pale ale. Don't call it an IPA, uh, although I've had brewers say it's actually an IPA. Not theirs, of course, but it's a very good pale ale. Right on. Uh, I hate to I hate to pull this on you guys. Um, I've I'm coming off of a cold and currently have like three other 
you know, it's the beginning of the season. So we've got a ton of stuff to put out on our site in terms of writing. So uh, I'm just drinking tap water um, okay. to keep oh, myself yeah. together. How um, do you boot people from this thing? <laughs> this is not as interesting. Where, I thought this was going to be button? way more fun. I mean, half, I'm of pretty, this, half of this I'm on board with. I'm still like kind of not all there mentally because of this cold. So Oh, oh you'll it, fit right be, in. You're good. Yeah, it'll be like I'm drunk. <laughs> it's like I got drunk beforehand and showed up like this. That should be my excuse because I'm the non-drinker of the right. of the bunch. So I, I've got a sweet, sweet tap water also. Actually, no, it's filtered. It's filtered. Yeah. If it's I, sweet, uh, you have some stuff. problems. I don't think water is supposed to be sweet. <laughs> I got Unless the fire water, water over here. There. I got the fire water over here. Uh, I finished off my uh, cask strength Bell Mead out of um, Chattanooga. No, Nashville. Um, distillery out of Nashville. So I'm disappointed. Off. Disappointed. Neither of you guys were drinking Narragansett. Is that that's a local beer, right? No, that's New England. Yeah. Oh, that's New England. That, that's a bit further north. Yeah, than close us. enough. I just remember seeing the, the one time I went to Baltimore slash Annapolis. I just remember seeing Narragansett everywhere in the, uh, like in the gas stations and grocery stores. Wait, really? Because uh, if you're in, if, if you're between Baltimore and, and Annapolis, you can't get uh, beer in liquor or in uh, grocery stores or, or gas. Or maybe stations. was it? Uh, I, I remember seeing store? it somewhere then, uh, all over somewhere. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just remember thinking that was the weirdest name. Yeah, it's know. it's a sense. it's a very New England beer. There's there's some bars down here that have it as part of a very cheap yeah. beer and shot combo uh, ah. in place of PBR or or maybe that's where Natty I saw Bo, it then, but because yeah, of the, the people that I was hanging out with. Now, Maryland has some extremely um, restrictive uh, liquor laws. Uh, each county has a different one, and they're all confusing, and they all have like weird little peccadillos like the county next to mine on sundays there's a certain proof that you can't buy like anything above that you can't have but you can still buy like a thousand beers um it's bizarre yeah this, this is dangerous this this opening is turning into the spider-man meme where it's like <laughs> we're both the same and we're just gonna deviate from any real conversation because i immediately want to talk the about block a, of time that we I actually have allocated for this i, I immediately want to go to a story about my dad having to drive across <laughs> I, I can see the gears turning in your brain yeah I have it in Indiana. I've got go a Simpsons reference. <laughs> <laughs> going across state lines whenever he was growing up to, I think it was Illinois to go get three two beer, where it's uh, where it takes three beers to equal the same alcohol content from two oh, beers. Oh, Steel Reserve. Yeah, <laughs> no, the reverse. That's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, the reverse of Steel Reserve. Um, like Bud Ice. Bud Ice. Bud Ice. Yeah, exactly. Ice <laughs> I have no idea. I just, I, I observe and, and report. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of observing and reporting, I observed a 3-0 loss this past week Ooh. at the hands of Montreal, another icy climate. Wait, wait we played Herediano. He, he's referring to us. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I'm sure we'll get it paid in full by the end of this. So um, obviously we've got you guys on here to talk about and preview the game we've got next week which will be this week now on uh march 3rd at audi field what are your thoughts coming off of the preseason how much stock do you put into those games and uh thoughts going into the game against atlanta at home i mean the game yesterday definitely like i, I think it lowered everyone's enthusiasm a little bit um the fact that i mean it wasn't three nothing i don't think reflects the game but they definitely deserve to lose um 
the way the way that game went down, it was just sort of like, you know, Bill Hamid played well, Wayne Rooney and Luciano Costa did some stuff. Everyone else just sort of was present. Um, there were definitely eight other dudes on the field. Um, but uh, in a lot of cases, that's, I mean, maybe Junior Moreno was okay. That's about it. Um, so yeah, it was that was pretty discouraging. Um, but on the other hand, like in DC's worst ever preseason or worst ever regular season, they also went on a great run through the preseason and were scoring a bunch of goals. And then they were absolutely horrific all year long in the regular season. So we do have enough experience with this to be like, all right, it was just the preseason. It doesn't necessarily mean that this is what's going to follow, but it's definitely a thing where it reminds, I think it reminds all of us that this team is capable of doing really well, but it's also, you know, it's not a stone cold lock to just run the league. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, Atlanta lost a preseason game that mattered. So, and it was <laughs> by a pretty similar margin. So there's mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I'd rather lose this game to, against Montreal in the preseason three, nothing than say your season opener five, nothing. Then again, <laughs> then again, point. that seems like something that leads to an MLS cup. So it maybe would. Yeah. Uh, that said, I really don't want to lose to five, lose to you guys five, nothing on Sunday. Um, this game against Montreal, it was weird. It was, it, it was muted. It was like, um, it was like players were holding something back or, or something. I know a lot of them played on Wednesday against Philadelphia, more minutes than, um, any of us were expecting them to, but, um, it was still like they were trying to fight through something that they, they weren't quite ready for. Um, and they, they came out at the beginning of the first half for the first three or four minutes and pressed really high and did the same thing at the beginning of the second half, but they, they couldn't complete passes uh, that, that normally they can, they couldn't turn in pressure um, and they just would, would give it up. And then they, they would lose men running back in transition and you could see, Leonardo Hara, the new right back, was was having trouble trying to figure out where he was even supposed to stand. He was pinched in when it made no sense for him to be pinched in, and he was not getting forward when you would expect him to. And I'm I'm not sure if Ben Olsen said, "Go watch game tape of of Greg Berhalter's teams because you're going to play like that right back," referring to the crew. And then he went and watched uh, Nick Lima and said, "Oh, I'm going to play like that." Uh, instead, and it just I there were things that just didn't make sense to me in this game, and hopefully they they figure out what went wrong. And well, that's all that's what preseason is supposed to be about, right? Is is kind of doing things that don't necessarily have to carry over into regular season, and you can experiment a little bit and figure out where you maybe have some holes that need to get filled, and go from there. Yeah, and it's also a way to drill new things. Like DC United was trying to play quickly out of the back in this, which is not something they've traditionally done a whole lot of before. They would do it in bits and spurts, but but they really tried to make that their MO. Um, and, and they had some trouble against teams that would press, and teams pressed more and more as the preseason went on. And obviously, Atlanta historically has been a very high-pressing team. So we'll see see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens is is absolutely uh, the right thing to say, because right now, I mean, not this isn't about Atlanta United, but just looking at how much change Frank DeBoer brought in against the Herediano uh, team down there. uh, It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out, because we're a team, I think, that's weirdly looking to solidify a new identity. And I think a lot of it is probably going to play into the hands of Ben Olsen and and D.C. United. Um, 
couple things, you guys, in terms of transactions over the past couple months, um, much like us, you guys had to deal with um, not meeting the demands of both, uh, or maybe it was just Velez that you guys didn't meet the demands of, and yeah. um, and Yamil Assad's gone. So a, a, a tear sheds for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can you guys help us dealing with the that kind of loss since you guys have lost Yamil Assad before. You know what too is is you guys got the good Yamil Assad all season long whereas like we dealt with the petulant child for probably 8 weeks before uh before Tata said get your shit together, stop playing like a little child, <laughs> stop like taking st- falls right and left. <laughs> stop yeah. elbowing people, yeah. stop doing this and then it, from there it kind of started. But more even from like a objective point of view, I, I love watching him play. I think he has like a tireless work ethic and he's he's a good attacker. Um kind of all over the field too. He can play inverted, he can play on the left, he can play in the middle. Um it sucks for the league to lose a player like him and for him to go back to a team that doesn't really even want him. Um, and we've seen that time and time again where they just keep loaning him out and his, he's not his dad, so he's never going to live up to the to the, uh, to the name down there. But you guys also brought in another Atlanta United player this year. What are you guys' thoughts going in? I'll start with Jason uh, going into the year with Chris McCann. I mean, what we were we were kind of a fan base torn over the two, the course of two years with him here and you guys were still paying his salary for the most part so i i don't know if the expectations are super high but what are you guys expecting from him uh i mean he's not going to be a starter uh most likely um all of the he can play a bunch of positions obviously left back was where um he probably did his best work um in atlanta and uh, Joseph Mora has looked very good in the preseason. He's been like the one defender that has been consistently good, though, of course, at the end of the game against Montreal, he got subbed out after running into Bakari Sanya. So um, he might, who knows, you know, McCann might actually be in line to start the opener. Um, we haven't gotten any word on um, how Mora's doing after that, but um, he's not su- he's not supposed to come here and start a bunch. Um but uh, and Adam can confirm this. As soon as it came out that Atlanta was going to put uh, McCann out there on waivers, um, I pointed out to our staff at Black Hundred United that this sounds like a DC United kind of move. Um, he's out there. They just lost Nick Dalio, and they need that sort of utility guy that can play a bunch of different spots. They don't really have uh, a left back behind Mora. They drafted Akeem Ward, who. They the DC has been very emphatic. Oh, he can play both sides. He can play both sides, but in college he was really just a right back. Um, so it seems like a little bit of a stretch on their part that he can play both sides. So um, the move kind of made sense. I wasn't expecting them to get the um, to work the salary side of it the way they did, where they're basically paying nothing um, more. They're paying the absolute bare minimum that they could possibly pay. Um, so that's Dave Casper doing uh, what he does. Um, but yeah, I, I think my expectations of him are probably, you know, he's going to be a solid part of the team. I don't think he's going to, um, change the world or anything, but I think he's probably going to end up, you know, Mora's starting to get called in by Costa Rica. So, um, you know, McCann's probably going to end up making like 10 starts and 15 something total appearances, something like that. Um, also guys like McCann always find their way onto the field for Olsen. Um, even if it's like 10 minutes of a game, you know, the last 10 minutes and they're winning, 
he'll find a way to get McCann on the field. He's just, it's that kind of guy that appeals to um, Olsen as a tactical move uh, in games. And also if there's something that's rattled the lineup, if it, you know, Oh, Joseph Moore gets a retroactive suspension or something, he's not going to have any compunction about, you know, well, McCann's not that fast. So maybe I'll go with Ward instead. He's going to be like, no, McCann's a veteran. He's going in and that's that. Um, Olsen likes to keep those kind of decisions kind of simple. And that's, um, that strikes me as McCann's kind of, he's right in that, that wheelhouse. Just to go back. Yes. Jason did in fact <laughs> say that in, in our, our group chat. <laughs> I'm usually the one getting the, uh, what is it? The, you told me so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I know how it feels, Jason. Uh, give, give you like an air five there. So who do you think uh, going into what the takeaways are maybe from a preseason match and the sky's the limit with the regular season. We haven't even played one game yet, but obviously there's some matches that have been had and players that you've seen play recently. Who do you think is trending on the up uh, from that Montreal game? Who do you think puts DC in the best position to get the W on Sunday? And who do you think is the biggest liability in that lineup right now uh, against Atlanta? I mean, the, on the upside is obviously Lucho and, and Senior Wayne. Um, when you, <laughs> as Lucho dubbed him and it went, went crazy. Um, so Acosta and Rooney, if they are able to find each other in good spaces and combine, um, that that's going to carry DC United. They, they, this team has the potential to score goals in bunches and it didn't happen during the preseason, partly because preseason, partly because, uh, you know, Lucho missed a game coming back from Paris after the, the transfer that wasn't, and, you know, just people getting fitness and, and not quite being on the field together for, for all that long. But also teams saw what Columbus did in the playoffs against DC United and just completely broke that connection apart and didn't right. let them find each other. And DC United was in, you know, they scored some goals in that game, but they, you know, they, they're down to one goal a game, basically, if, if you can keep Lucho and, and Rooney from finding each other, uh, whether that's done by kicking Lucho until he falls over and gets angry or, or by just stuffing the middle and forcing the team to play out wide because United hasn't quite figured out how to switch the field really quickly and effectively to open up those gaps. Um, there, there's a way to, to stop them, but if they can find each other, then this team could be really something special. Okay. I guess for me, uh, I'll throw in um, for trending up. Um, Bill Hamid had a really good preseason. Um, and, you know, it's kind of, it's not great. Or it should, it's weird. It's, it's a weird feeling to say, like, probably the three best players on the team had themselves individually good preseason, uh, a good preseason. And to be looking around at the other guys on the team and saying, like, well, where's the support? Because, if you tell me that Rooney and Acosta and Hamid are all playing well, then I'm thinking, yeah, DC is winning a bunch of games. Um, and yet we're coming off of a preseason where DC didn't get a win over an MLS opponent. Um, so I'm a little concerned about the supporting cast, but I, I know I'm kind of getting ahead of the, the questioning order here. But um, yeah, Hamid, uh, I mean, he he's Bill Hamid. He makes these ridiculous stops. He made one um, yesterday uh where Ufer. yes you know steve birnbaum missed a, a tackle it looked like he had things in order he missed the tackle 
Hamid somehow closes like a 14 yard gap in like a, it's like, like watching Nightcrawler from the X-Men play. <laughs> like he's automatically there. He makes the first stop and then the ball went to um, uh, Bahia and it looked like he's like, well, I'm just going to chip this ball up into the empty net because Hamid's still on the ground. And then Hamid's in midair somehow getting a hand to this ball and making another save. And it's like, I don't even understand. We've seen it for years now, and it's still like, I don't understand how that happened. What, what's going on? All I'm hearing are ways that you guys think you're going to win. There was a two-part question, and I'm waiting <laughs> yeah. for the second part. Tell us how you're going to lose. That's what we want to hear. Adam, who is the biggest liability on this DC United team that Frank DeBoer can exploit? Right now, the one I'm looking at is Leo Hara, who, like I said, has seemed like he's still trying to figure things out. And if you're thinking on the soccer field, especially in defense, you're not playing at your highest level. It's a game that takes repetition and just muscle memory and instinct to go. And you have to develop that in training. And he he's a very good player, but he isn't quite integrated in the system and he's the right back. I assume he's going to be going against PT uh, for you guys. And that I'm is so a, sorry. And that is not a matchup I'm looking forward to for for United. Yeah, I think I think that's like the it's like that area of the field because you know next to Hara is um, Frederick Briant, and some of the problem with with Hara has been, you know, as Adam said before, he's sort of his his understanding of where he's supposed to be in a given moment isn't refined yet. It actually reminds me of when Joseph Mora came in last year. Mm -hmm. It's a similar situation where it took Mora like two and a half months before he really figured out what Olsen wanted him to do. And, and it became fluid. Um, it's one thing from it being theory on a white. However, they're translating. Um, it's another thing for him to go out on the field and not need to like, be like, wait a minute, what did he want me to do again? Um, and it looks like he's still in that moment. And when Hara gets caught high, which has happened a few times now in the preseason, that means Briant is exposed and he's the one that has to come out of the middle and Briant's not it's if he's coming out of the middle to have to defend on the wing that's a big problem he's not one of those center backs that has the speed like LGP can flex out wide and then get back into a spot where he can help out again um yeah it depends on if LGP is going to do a weird header back to Guzan though sure then. sure <laughs> so got, there's always that yeah um but you know I guess the issue with Briant would be he's not going to get back into that spot to make that weird header. He's yeah. just not even physically going to get there. So, um, you know, it's kind of a one, two thing. If, if Hara makes a mistake or if Hara gets caught out because somebody else makes a mistake, which has happened a few times, Briant's going to have to peel out wide. And then he's going to be having a real problem. Like if, if you guys are like, um, you know, RIP to Haro against um, PT, then I can only imagine what it's going to look like if PT gets one-on-one -on -one in some space with Briant. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the area of the field that I'm worried. It's not necessarily just Hara or just Briant. It's that connection between the two that I'm, you know, that's a concern. Yeah, I think everything is kind of up in the air right now, and I don't even know where this Atlanta team stands. I think we'll know a lot more coming off of the second leg against Herediano this weekend, or this week, rather, on Thursday. And I think that's probably one of the biggest concerns for me going into the D.C. game. We'll talk a little bit more on the regular show, but the, the way that the preseason and opening to the regular season is weighted for Atlanta United, they've got two really big games before they even start the season. What I think that lends itself from the beneficial standpoint for Atlanta is that they don't have the downtime between games that don't really matter to games that do matter. They've sort of 
gotten that into their rhythm and routine going into the first regular season game against DC on the road. They've already gotten a road game that matters out of the way, a home game out of the way that matters. And then they're actually on some sort of solid ground going into Audi field. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Jason, you mentioned Bill Hamid. I had a question about that. So he, right now he's currently on loan for Michelin, right? He's not. Yeah. yeah. So when does that loan is it's over Michelin dude? Oh yeah. Michelin, the Michelin man. Yeah. Do you guys call him that? Right? No, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Uh, that's a stupid joke. Um, yep. <laughs> end end of um, is he going back in July? No, no, it's a, it's till the end of this season. Um, got, they have to, got it. You know, but it's it's funny that um, DC has got a few different long term that things that aren't actually that long term to think about. You know, Hara's loan is a one year loan. Lucas Rodriguez is a one year loan. Hamid is now one year from the end of his loan. Um, Luciano Acosta is out of contract at the end of this season. There's a bunch of stuff this year. You know, Wayne Rooney turns um, another year older um, at the end of this year. Like 45 now? Right, exactly. Um, So there are so many things that are sort of quietly stacking up that make this year big for DC. Um, Now that, you know, they could negotiate a deal that brings Hamid back permanently. and negotiate a deal to acquire Hara permanently and Rodriguez permanently, but that's a lot of that's a lot of money to put on the ground um, for a team that uh, hasn't. You know, they've only just we, we spent a long time not spending anything on anything, and now just now we've just started to spend a little bit. And now you know you stack all those things up, and it's like, well, something's going to probably have to give. I don't think DC United is going to spend the money on all of those guys. Um, and I, you know, Rooney, they they can't make Rooney younger. This isn't, you know, unless they have some sort of RoboCop style program to solve that problem. I think that's Detroit City that has that technology. No, uh, we're screwed. Oh man, <laughs> is is that trophy? God, we are. This is a mirror fucking podcast because we. <laughs> Because I immediately just want to ask what the status is of the Alex J. Murphy statue <laughs> in the middle of Detroit. <laughs> Oh, you you remember that, right? Like there's yeah. a legitimate petition yeah. to get a get yeah. a statue put together of uh of of him. So we have a people <laughs> one one of the main things in the in the trap right now in the live chat that people are asking about is the level of rivalry. Obviously, you guys have been in yeah, uh, you guys were established 24 years ago. You guys have been playing other teams for a long time. Obviously, I, I don't think I, I don't expect you guys to think that the rivalry between Atlanta United, DC United is, is anything at this point, but I think I for mean, a since lot we've of owned you, especially. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's it's not the level of uh, what we've done to Orlando in, in, true, in right. yeah, so far, but it, that, that's kind of the big thing for a lot of the people in the chat is asking about, you know, whether or not we feel it's to the level of Orlando. Do we feel, um, you know, how, how competitive is, I think from a competitive standpoint, it's our biggest rivalry. I think the, in the sense that it actually, the games actually mean something as well. Yeah, that's true too. (laughs) What, what rivalries, I mean, obviously part of the show, the part of the series is to kind of give people from Atlanta a glimpse into your guys fandom and everything. I mean, over the past, you know, however long you guys have been supporting DC, I mean, what Jason, who's, who's the biggest rival in your eyes, um, year in, year out. Uh, it's been the Red Bulls since day one, um, mm-hmm. back to the Metro Stars era. Um, you know, I'm I'm one of those um, I'm one of those old guys that has been around since then. So it's the Red Bulls, and then it's the Galaxy. The Gal the Red oh, Bulls. That's I, weird. 
Well, the, the Red Bulls thing is, I think that one's shared across the fan base. The Galaxy is definitely in the old timers uh, because it was always at the end of the year, DC had beaten everyone else. And the one team that was left was the Galaxy. Um, and they were the final so, boss. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's that's how that that one came about. And that, that'll, you know, it's receded over the last few years because DC hasn't really um, been very good for the most part. Uh, and now the galaxy in the last couple of years haven't been either, which has been hilarious, but it also kind of uh, dulls that um, rivalry quite a bit. Whereas the Red Bulls thing, um, these teams have both alternated between being excellent and garbage. Um, even back in the day, like DC's first garbage seasons happened to come along when the Red Bull or the Metro stars were finally okay for, for the first time in their history. And it was like, of course, we can't ever just uh, match up where we're both actually good at the same time. Um, maybe that finally is happening um, now of all times, you know, this far into, into the uh, rivalry. But, um, you know, to go all the way back to 96, I mean, there was a uh, back in the day, they did three game playoff series. So it was, it was first to, to two wins, which uh, is a great MLS nonsense thing to do. Um, and DC won a best of three uh late or a late penalty kick goal at rfk in 1996 and there were like hundreds of people on the field like streaming on the field to celebrate the win um and red or metro stars fans were like this is a disaster blah blah, blah. and it, it hasn't gone away it's been there since that point um and you know we've got all of these remarkable outcomes these you know in 2012 there was the playoff series where um the dates with the playoff dates were switched due to hurricane uh, or not hurricane superstorm Sandy. Um, the first leg was one, one, the second leg got snowed out uh, at Red Bull arena. They played it the next day um, in front of like, you know, a couple thousand people that managed to get through all the snow in the area still to get to the stadium. And the, you know, Hamid got sent off. Joe Willis came in, saved a penalty kick, and then uh, Nick DeLeon scored a last-minute uh, game winner to to knock the Red Bulls out in a you know this like incredibly dramatic uh, series. It was actually one of the last um, NBC Sports years as well, so the presentation was a little better, uh, if I'm going to be honest, compared to what it would have been on some of our other networks. Um, There's an insanely cinematic shot of Joe Willis in the snow, looking like a just smiling ear to ear like a kid like i get to play in this and then he didn't yeah. um but he got to play the next day and be a hero yeah i mean it it's you know it it's the the good thing is it's not just the rivalry based on um an old history or anything like the games have still been high animosity high drama even when dc had no good players and the Red Bulls were winning the supporter shield, the games would still be like one nothing. And and you'd have like, well, you know, DC almost scored a goal that would have made it one nothing early, things like that. Like the games were always close, even when the gulf between the two teams was gigantic. Yeah. So a few years ago, um, I used to do an annual hate index on Black and Red United, where I'd, I'd create a ranker list of all the other MLS teams besides DC United and let our fans vote thumbs up for hate or thumbs down for like or apathy. 
So if you really didn't care about somebody, they would get a thumbs down. And the, the team always at the bottom was the Vancouver Whitecaps just to prove that apathy really is the opposite of hate. Um, the Red Bulls were always far and away the, the winners. And I think the last time I did it was 2015. And I just pulled it up. Galaxy, New England, NYCFC, and Seattle were the top five. Um, Seattle beat DC United at RFK Stadium for their first U.S. Open Cup trophy and um, were real salty online that the game was even in D.C. because it was back when you paid for hosting rights and whoever paid more got to host the game. And they they didn't offer as much as D.C. United and they were all salty because they had huge attendance and everything. So people photoshopped attendance championship banners to send to them. And so Seattle in their first year got a lot of uh, they earned a lot of bile from from dc and they they you know they did a good job of it they invented being annoying online uh, yeah along with everything else well atlanta invented soccer so there's that <laughs> i don't know if you guys heard <laughs> i mean you guys you guys are are doing I mean, everything from seattle's playbook but bigger you invented <laughs> seattle's playbook i think is the way it works i said oh you want to play in a football stadium we're gonna build one just to play in it <laughs> it's true you, you're gonna have attendance championships we are going to set exactly right all right so uh we got to get into our last little segment here i actually got a call while we were talking uh to our phone line for one of the questions but we got a couple questions to end out the show here let me see if i can get this to work on my phone give me one second uh you gotta hit play and then speaker remember yeah that's it that's right this is really a mirror podcast now this is something (laughs) playing noises from a phone onto wait nope did that wrong (laughs) i screwed this up do you guys do this too do you guys do this (laughs) you guys have a lot like you guys have a setup i see some some dials and other things whereas i have like the stupid um rap air horn uh app on my phone that i'll oh yes yeah i just got a i got a i got a train horn okay (laughs) it's that's analog in a way that appeals to me and maybe not to adam um i I, so this is a special case i went to purdue for undergrad so the train horn has a special place in my heart oh perfect normally adam and ben tell me um jason is a terrible luddite I'm, I'm not a terrible Luddite. It's, I just would like things to be more simple, and I find myself irritated that they aren't. Um, and so something as simple as a, a simple uh, whistle of some kind, that would be perfect for me. All right. Wait, wait, I, Adam, wait, stop talking. I think on, I got it worked out on, now. Hold on, <laughs> gonna ruin hold on, it. hold on, hold on. Adam, are you an Indiana guy? Yeah, I'm from Evansville. That's Indiana. part of one of the questions. Stop oh. blowing it. Sorry. God. <laughs> Hi, this is Andy, long-time listener, every-time caller. <laughs> I just got a question for our visiting friends from D.C. Is Bobby Boswell the greatest D.C. United player of all time? And if he's not, how much do you want to go F yourself? <laughs> Good buddy I, Andy Watkins there. I love Bobby Boswell. Boswell. He's certainly the best person on Twitter. Yeah, I don't he know. Is. There's a question to that. I... I want more Boswell in my life. I'm not going to lie. Just as a general rule. I mean, I don't know. Like, why has no one? I mean, maybe they haven't put him on the air because like he's eventually going to say something that is deemed too scandalous. But that's why we're trying to get him on our network. (laughs) Yeah. Like someone (laughs) needs to put a camera and microphone in front of um, in front of him and let him talk about MLS. Um, I don't know why Jimmy Conrad hasn't recruited him into whatever he's doing now. Um I don't know if he's still at Barstool, in which case I hope he doesn't recruit Boz because I have feelings 
negative feelings about Barstool. But no, uh, <laughs> no you don't say. You know the rule. One bite. That's all. <laughs> Just one bite. So, yeah, but I, I love Bobby yeah. Boswell. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the old BobbyBoswell.com. He had DC United's old PR um, before the new owners came in and, and cleaned house. And before Boswell went to Houston, um, he, they, they set up a personal website and blog for Bobby Boswell. And it was a beautiful disaster. And, and this was, I mean, I, I guess maybe what made it uh, part of what made it so good was the fact that this was in the like, if you're an MLS uh, rookie contract guy, um, you might be making like 30 something grand a year. Um, <laughs> and no, he was on one of those. He wasn't on the like Jeff Lorenowitz rookie year. Um, 12,500 12, deal. Yeah. Good God. Um, yeah. Uh, Jeff Lorenowitz had a, a degree from Brown and was making that uh, to play soccer. Um, but uh, yeah, Boswell was just scraping by and it was very obvious. He was living that like, 23 year old just has enough money out of college to like function, but not really function well. Still um, living off that guts money, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, oh, yeah. That, that aggro crag just keeps just going. Yeah. To the sold that trophy like, off for thousands. You, you go to the grocery I mean, store, the best the part about and just chip some pieces off of it, like it's <laughs> enough for some produce. And they're like, the God, get out of here. About his appearance on guts is that the nickname they, they forced on him was Flash. And if you've ever seen <laughs> Boswell run, <laughs> it's just a chef kiss nickname right uh, yeah uh, you know, uh bobby boswell was not I, I guess i will directly answer the question not the greatest dc united player ever and uh not much is the sec for the second half <laughs> not much that's not a good much. one who, who who else is Aleko eskandarian <laughs> uh, i mean he has the greatest goal celebration in history um, and that never gonna get headgear that he wore yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, he actually he actually appeared in a video for BobbyBoswell.com after he retired, where he came in as an intern in DC United's um, kind of backhouse staff, where he was typing on a computer and being asked to get coffee for people. And at the end of the day, he, you know, at, at quitting time, he he goes out and applauds everyone as he's walking off uh, as if he was being subbed out. It was it was a beautiful video. Um, so the two of them make make quite a pair. Yeah, I want... Speaking of someone that should be in front of a camera talking about MLS, yeah. Uh, now the galaxy. The years <laughs> well, you guys do that too. You guys do <laughs> that. Pull up, a, pull up a live stream, and Kevin's just blaring it into the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> that's Plus, my segue into the next question. Go ahead, Tim. Huh? Well, I I, I sent you the note card, dude. What? You want me to hold up cue cards? Slide, yeah, you gonna... Okay, okay. You alluded to the fact that you're an Indiana guy. Um, I, I sometimes claim Fort Wayne, even though I never lived there because I spent so many summers there and my, you know, I grew up military. You can have it. My, my dad's from there. Yeah. 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 So, um, rainy day team, what team, both of you guys, we'll start with Adam though. Um, when you're not able to watch DC, what other team, any sports team, do you find yourself buying merch for? Do you find yourself trying to watch on TV, uh, anytime that you get? Uh, it's my it's my Boilermakers basketball. I grew up playing basketball in Indiana. Um, both my parents went to IU. And so when I went to Purdue, I became the black and gold sheep of the family. Um, and Purdue's won in IU at IU the last three years. So it's it's pretty good times for me in basketball. Yeah, it hasn't uh, been hard to beat IU. No, it's true. <laughs> uh, the, the last game against them, though, was ugly. It was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen of basketball. The final score was like 48 to 46 on a last second tip in. Um, nobody could throw the ball in the ocean but um yeah it's definitely the boilers 
Uh, for me, I, I go all the way back to being like three or four years old and going to a Washington Caps game. Um, and that was that was the, my family's sports team that everyone could agree on. Um, you know, my, my mom would pick a team and then follow them for a couple of years and then kind of not pay attention anymore. Um, my dad's sports liking, it, it's very different from mine in that he has a bunch of um, teams that aren't from the area. He's not a bandwagon jumper. Like he's always loved the Rams in, in football, even though he's never lived anywhere close to any of the cities they've played in. Um, and he was a fan of the Rams. Like he was in this bowling league when I was a kid and they gave like the men in the league would all get an NFL stadium jacket. And he requested a Rams jacket in suburban Maryland. And everyone was like, are you guys from there or something? He's like, Nope. Um, and he, he would, anytime the Rams managed to beat uh, Washington, he would wear the Rams jacket to work the next day to rub it in because it was the, he didn't have anything else to fall back on. There was no, um, there was no like, Oh, the Rams were great this year because they were never any good. Um, but yeah, I don't have any of that. I'm like a super, uh, local guy. Um, I don't care for football. Um, but yeah, the caps, uh, that's, that's been me the whole time. So for up until last year, that was always like, boy, the caps sure did break my heart again. That was awesome. Um, but then last year they actually didn't, uh, which is weird. I'm still not over it. Yeah. AO finally gets a Stanley cup. Yeah. So, uh, being that Atlanta fans may be traveling up to DC for the game next weekend. Uh, what things, what uh, celebrations, traditions do you like to partake in, places to visit leading up to kick on Who's Sunday? got best chip beef, that sort of thing. Yeah. So th- it's it's funny. There wasn't a lot around RFK when we were there. It was, you go to RFK, you make friends, you grill out in the 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 acres of parking or failing anything else. You go hit a food truck that, that's in the parking lot and, you know, take in whatever concert hopefully it's go-go but who knows uh now that they're at audi field it's a complete like we're still kind of figuring out what the the pregame is the supporters groups are all split to different parts uh different areas the district ultras are usually at a, a brewery nearby that's completely outdoors it's it's great little you know day drinking in out the outside there's there's nothing not to love there the bar brava are a couple neighborhoods over and they take a a shuttle bus before the game the scream eagles are down um at this conservation center that they somehow struck up a partnership with that has a dock that goes out into the river and you can drink out there um but this neighborhood um buzzard point and navy yard which is right next door has have a bunch more uh places to go before a game it's much more urban setting than rfk was so there's there's a great you know tacos and guacamole place there's um a a couple of really good bars there's more and more breweries that are just popping up down there there's a place you can go get oyster shooters if you want um so before the game just go down there and explore and and find something don't accidentally go into nationals park though that that's not where they play soccer you got to keep going a little bit further but the I, I still haven't figured out exactly what my go-to is before a game. Yeah. We like to call that plastic. Don't really have much history. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, we get you, that a lot too. You guys don't have any preseason trophies. We have from... a new stadium too that we're trying to get used to. Turn it. <laughs> yeah. How's that going for you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so far so good. Yeah. And obviously oh, I, good point. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I said chip beef. I meant pit beef. I'm an idiot. 
<laughs> What's your go-to, Jason? You got one? Um, not really. Um, I, I I park actually in a different neighborhood and then take uh, the circulator bus closer to the stadium so that I don't have to deal with um, you know, the parking permit situation with um credentialed media has been sort of an adventure because there isn't parking anywhere near the stadium. So like one game, it'll be a lot here and then it'll be a different lot. And, you know, it bounces around basically. They're, they're sort of trying to figure it out as on the go. Um, so I, I would say I, I tend to stop in Eastern market um, either get like a pregame coffee or there's a dist- district taco has a, and one of their locations is over there. So I'll might get some food there. Um, but mostly on game days, because I'm in the press box, I just sort of, um, I get in too early. Like everyone else is just getting into their thing while I'm like wandering inside. So Uh, do they make you like take your privilege out and check it or or do you just walk in with it or how does that work? Uh, it depends on who's at the, uh, the metal detector. (laughs) Sometimes you get lucky and you can roll right in with it. I will say the food in Audi field, um, is is pretty good um it's it's not always cheap that's what i heard you guys have pupusas right isn't that what yeah uh, oh that's that's where i was going actually yeah uh, yeah they have i think there are three pupusa stands spread yeah. around the stadium one of them's that's directly dope. behind the supporter stand um which was very cool. good placement and they're they're really good pupusas too yeah, is and, the thing and this is a um a family-run restaurant that had run the pupusa stands at rfk um and one of the major issues moving over to Audi Field was, you know, they were bringing in Jose Andres and a caterer as a partnership. And they were, um, you know, well, we're going to have all these options. We're going to come up with this like stadium inspired uh, food range. And people were like, what about the pupusas? <laughs> and um, at some point there was a miscommunication in which people were being told the pupusas aren't going to make it into the stadium. And oh, we, st- sure it was and all we, we started a Twitter riot. Yeah, we yeah, started, Jason right. and I helped yeah. start a Twitter riot. We that- pointed this out. And in fact, at one point uh, we're told by Jose, Jose Andres that we were fake news um, <laughs> because people involved not on his end and not on our end, but on the team's end were basically saying incorrect things. Um, but uh, yeah, the pupusa, like, he Wait, the, getting, the story ends with with Jose Andres filming yes. a video and tagging us in it, saying there will be pupusas. It will be the same family. <laughs> yes, everyone settle down. Stop worrying. This is gonna be great. That's great. But in Jose Andres's voice and accent, which is awesome. So I think we've got one last one, which it's is a big one. What's your score prediction? Pass. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, no. You you could pass. You, you can go. Um, you can go uh, Harlem Shake style. Pass it over to Jason, but he's gonna have to pass it right back to yeah, you. We, exactly. need, we need a concrete answer. No, I, I've got. A, I'll give you guys a real answer. Um, I, I think the most common scoreline in this uh, rivalry <laughs> has been three one. Uh, and I'm going three one DC. Um, even after watching Montreal and it, it's rattling in my head uh, still. Um, I'm choosing to hope that that was an aberration and that, uh, you know, I, I also, I look at the way, you know, I watched the Herediano game with Atlanta and um, Parkhurst playing right center back um, is very appealing to me as a person whose team is playing Atlanta. Um, 
the central midfield issues appeal to me as well for Lucho and Rooney dropping into that space. So um, I think the matchup works well. I think, you know, in a couple months, I might not be so confident, but right now, I think what DeBoer's working on looks like it's kind of going to be vulnerable to how DC likes to play. I'm really worried about DC United's defense. So um, I'm going to make it a. Say it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to. I'm going <laughs> to go. I'm still going to be a homer here. I'm going to say three two DC. Fully expected there. Uh, you'll have to tune in to our regular show to hear what our score predictions are. <laughs> uh, no, do you want to say what your score prediction is? We didn't say it on the last part. I think it's only fitting they showed us theirs. We might as well show them ours. <laughs> <laughs> we might get demonetized if we show up, show them, show them ours. Um, I say that like we make any money off of the show. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, it's tough, man. Um, we can get in the breakdown later on. But what do you just just throw it out there? No, I think Jason's point about I don't like Parkhurst playing out at the right. I don't think we Gr- see the same lineup that Grant, we saw against Granted, Arizona. granted, Miles Robinson looked like a bright spot in that back line. Parkhurst did not on that right side, and I think that you need to flip flop the two of them if you're going to have any sort of uh, uh, consistency there. Uh, okay, uh, two two. I'm gonna say two one Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. Man, <laughs> I don't know. None man. of us fucking know. We don't. We, <laughs> we don't know. If we did, any of us pretend to know, you automatically know it's a lot. Yeah, no, I mean MLS is MLS is more that than any other soccer league in the world. Oh yeah, exactly. I don't think. Yeah, there's there's no league that you can watch that has the amount of parity that MLS has in it. And there's no. We there's actually no have a DC in, fan in the trap right now saying that Atlanta has had preseason, but DC doesn't. As a DC fan, I'm, I'm assuming that they mean that the we're that, going to be coming into this in, in shape. To my and point form, that I had yeah. mentioned before sure. about playing the Concacaf mm-hmm. games going into it, we'll see. Oh, yeah. Um, you guys going to make it down during the during the second the second leg, as it were, I guess of uh, of the season in Atlanta. I'm considering it. I almost went last year, but um, Adam might remember this as well. I also like at the start of the season when the schedule came out, um, I mistook DC's coloring scheme. And was very like I was like looking up flight prices for a day that Atlanta was coming to DC, um, <laughs> because I had just misread the colors and I was like, I don't know, the flights aren't that cheap. And everyone's like, what, what the hell are you talking about? There's not a game that day. I was like, no, they're at Atlanta, and they're like, no, they are not Atlanta. Do not oh, fly boy. to Atlanta that day. Um, so thanks to our staff for keeping me from possibly flying to Atlanta on game day in DC. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to make it to this one. I'm flying to. Um... My wife and I are going to Europe that week. Oh my God. Oh. Do you have to check your privilege before you get on the plane? Yeah. yeah I, or, I have or can you just live in... like leave it with Jason whenever he goes into Audi Field? <laughs> I have friends who live in Vienna and Austria does not okay. make you check your privilege. All right. <laughs> uh, this has been a lot of fun, fellas. Yeah, we probably could go for another hour. Yeah, this, th- yeah. What was supposed to be a 30 minute show turned into almost an hour. Yeah, so that was splendid. 50, uh, now clearly, we need like... to work on this format. Now you really sound like sounds like us. Of, yeah. We're always like, we could probably get it in under an hour. And then it's like 75 minutes. We're like, that was pretty, sh- that was pretty short. That yeah. Was I was good. texting we Tim on the way over here. Like we need to be really hard on time because I don't want this to go super long. And we've got to have another show this week. And but then, then the dopamine kicks in from all the laughing and that's all the, it. Yeah, that's and it. Then, I don't want this to end. I just want to make friends. Yeah. We're all nerds and crave human connection. And this is as close as we get. That's exactly. Yeah. It. <laughs> all right. But yeah, thank you guys for, um, 
hanging out with us. If you do make it down to Atlanta, give us a shout. And yeah, we'll, we'll uh, show you guys a good time. Show you a good awesome. time. Likewise, uh, so when, when you Magic come up City. here. Yeah. That's the promise we're making for everybody this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now's the time to plug everything. Where can the people find you? Where can they hear you? Where can they read about you? All that. Uh, our podcast is is called Filibuster at Filibuster DCU on Twitter. Get it wherever podcasts are sold. I'm uh, at the underscore AMT. It's a very oh. old Twitter name that had an error in it and uh, forced me to use an underscore, and I was not happy about it, but. You gave me there chills, man. You you started out, oh my and I just my heart melted because I'm at the underscore arc, the number Ooh. one tect, and you went the underscore a, and I I was like, wait, what is <laughs> happening right now? Uh, we, we're 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 mirror images. It's clear. Know, yeah, it's too much. What well, about um, you, Jason? Uh, I am at Chest Rockwell one four. There were way too many Andersons and way too many Jasons, and I got lazy. Um, and then like 10 years went by and I just didn't change it. Um, and you know, uh, black and red united.com. I think our, our Twitter account is at black and red U because mm -hmm. it was too long. Uh, I believe and because Martin chose it. Oh, that's right. That was also chosen <laughs> way in the Martin. distant, distant past. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm on Twitter probably too much, um, for an adult. Uh, so, uh, come read my thoughts on uh, soccer and like drill. That's about it. <laughs> right on. You mean like uh, Ryobi drills or no, no, no uh, like... at D R I L uh, <laughs> the, the account. Uh, oh, tip drill. Got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the share zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my Twitter is really more pictures of my four year old daughter writing letters to Elton John. So <laughs> with occasional great. soccer thoughts thrown in. That's great. Ours is mostly Tim's letters to Elton John. So it works. Yeah. Out. <laughs> okay. No, it's, it's angry letters to the, to the brass at Mercedes Benz stadium who play the nickelback version of Saturday night instead of the Elton John version. During you, guys, you, guys are you guys are going to be really makes, excited. Speaking of which of our new opening music, I hope you enjoyed it on the, First ever offside trapped T R A P T with a uh, headstrong leading you into this episode. <laughs> really excited about it. <laughs> we'll take you on. <laughs> with that, I think that's that's yeah, a good we'll way take to take on it. anyone. Uh, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. That was fun. Yeah, that was a hell of a hell of a time. It lasted a lot longer than we thought it was going to. We we got so rushed at the end because we didn't want to <laughs> keep going. What was supposed to be a thirty minute segment turned into an hour and a half between the two. I think. So, yeah. Um, if you did find us, if you're new to the show, be sure to uh, give us a follow and uh, hang out with us on Twitter at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B in the number four. Check out gethomebeforedark.com. Uh, we got a shop and fantasy MLS fantasy league starting. Oh up. yeah, MLS fantasy league's back. We've got about ten people have signed up for it so far. So yeah, if you found us, however you did, we appreciate you. Uh, be sure to leave a rating or review up on iTunes, and we really appreciate it.